for many years I've served on the Outer Banks, just up the road, I guess, or down the road uh, on the island there. Enjoyed our time together. So with Dr. Reverend Laura Early, I watched her do ministry in the special call of all God's children. I saw her members of her congregation many times as they would come to district meetings, the excitement of the gospel. I shared with her on committee work. We were always a tag team on, on the Board of Ordained Ministry. Uh, we kept the others straight, uh, or tried to. Uh, we're honored well, to have Dr. Uh, Laura with us today. She requested that she speak at this Sunday morning service because she's going to tie it all together. So you're going to get the start of a journey. Believe me, you will hear the word of God in a powerful way, open up your hearts. This can transform you. I've seen lives transformed in powerful ways through the messenger and the word of God. And we're honored today to have Laura with us to share with us this morning, tonight, Monday and Tuesday night. And if you commit yourself, if you're able to come to every service, I guarantee you, you will have a closer walk with the Lord. Uh, so we're honored to have you and in God bless. I invite you to come on up and fill the pulpit, which you have no problem doing by the grace of God. <laughs> Amen. It's heavy sometimes. I have to let it out. I love you. I'll stay in the box for a minute. Y'all just, God bless y'all. So if you have a history or a tendency to, to make notes or write the scriptures that I'm going to share with you, today would be a good day because you're going to think I'm making this up. So I want you to know I'm not. So today we're going to look at two texts, one verse from one text from 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. So go ahead and write that down, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. Then I'm going to go over to Psalm 89 and I'm going to read verses 15 to 17. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Every year in July after annual conference, I choose a new translation for that year. That keeps me awake and fresh and questioning and wondering and studying and exploring. So this is the New Living Translation that you'll hear from me for all of the texts that I preach. Now, I don't know what y'all do on Sunday afternoons. I, I know what my husband does. That's called a Sunday nap. But if you don't spend your entire Sunday afternoon napping, I'm going to go ahead and give you the text for tonight because you'll come if you read it because you're going to be curious to see what I'm going to do with Luke chapter 7 beginning with verse 36 going all the way to a part that we don't usually focus on, chapter 8 verses 1 through 4. So let me say it again, just in case you didn't get it. It's Luke chapter 7, beginning with verse 36, continuing through the fourth verse of chapter 8. But right now, for our purposes, we're going to go to the second book of Timothy, 
we're going to look at one verse, and it is going to compel you. And the only reason I can say that to you with such confidence is because as I have studied this word in preparation for being with you, God continues to interrupt and intersect and intervene in every day of my life for the past several weeks as I've studied this text, and I, I know what he does for me, <laughs> he will do for you. So I hope this will be a compelling text. Some of you know that I have a tattoo. Some of you are horrified by that. Some of you are mystified by that. But whatever you are, it ain't going away. Yeah, I, I think I was 55 when I finally got a tattoo, and my husband and I always try to do something different on our anniversary. And so on that anniversary, we couldn't think of anything new to do. So as we were driving to Greenville, I said, how about we get a tattoo? And he said, okie dokie. I got a little bitty one. He got a great big one. And he designed it while mine was being done. Just a little bitty tattoo. But if I was going to get another tattoo, which I'm not, <laughs> only got one, Luke 137, with God, nothing is impossible. It's right here on my wrist if you want to see it later. But if I was going to get another one, which I'm not, I would get Psalm 89, verse 17. Because this scripture will go with me every day. That's how much. I believe in it. So if you've got your Bibles and if you want to turn in your phone so you can follow me along with the New Living Translation, this is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. For God saved us. Oh, we got to stop right there for a minute and somebody say amen. God Almighty. For God saved us. And he called us to live a holy life. Somebody say, my, my. Well, some of y'all ain't feeling so called <laughs> to a holy life, but I think it's because you don't really understand what holy is, and we'll go there in a minute. He did this not because we deserved it. I hope you get that. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time. <laughs> to show us, to show you, to show me, his grace through Christ Jesus. That scripture holds more than we can really deal with today. And I know I'm the only thing between you and your lunch. So if you decide to leave before I'm done, save me a seat at the Golden Corral. <laughs> Psalm 89, if you want to go on your phone to the New Living Translation, this is Psalm 89, verses 15 and 17. 
Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. For they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation. They exult in your righteousness. Verse 17, this would be my new tattoo if I was going to get one. You are their glorious strength. It pleases you to make us strong. It pleases you, God, to make us strong. It pleases you, God, to make us strong. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And let's pray. Will you do that with me, please? Yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I will agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes, so please. My mama taught me how to say please, please. Silence in me, O oh God, any voice that is not your own. And please, please make faithful. In the name of Jesus, that I offer this and all my prayers, and everyone within the sound of my voice said together, Amen. I need you to go with me because I'm going to do something that I call unpack the word. And there's so much packed in to this verse in 2 Timothy that if you are not very, very careful, you'll just go right over it and not realize that it was written for you, that it was written for me. So go back with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Do y'all want to see what my sermon notes look like? <laughs> anyway, just uh, let you see. Okay, if they fall out, we won't all fall apart. Anyway, okay. Mm. For God saved us. You know... There's a little teeny word there that if we aren't careful, we'll skip over it. For God saved the choir. For God saved the congregation. For God saved those of us who live right. That's not what it says, is it? For God saved us. U.S. Us. You know, Jesus tried to teach us about that when he taught us how to pray. Give us this day our daily bread as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Us. For God saved us. Before your feet hit the ground on any morning where you awake to the rising sun, you need to thank God for saving you. You need to thank God for saving us. But you know, I think sometimes if we aren't careful, we'll skip over that even and think, well, yeah, yeah, God saved us. I know that. I've been hearing that since I was a little child. Look, I was in the Methodist church.
until I was 14 years old. I never heard anybody say, are you saved? I thought, what in the world does that mean? What is it to be saved from? I'd never heard it in the United Methodist Church. I hung out with some of my Baptist friends, and they wanted to know, you saved? And I said, what you talking about? So Methodist Church, wake up. God is the only one who can save you. And I guarantee you, God is the only one that could have saved me. During the season of Thanksgiving, I want to tell him thank you every day, every day, every day. God saved us. And he called us. <laughs> Can y'all believe God called me into the Methodist ministry? There are greater things that have happened, but not many. God called us to live a holy life. And some of us will change. Right there. Because we know that the world does not view us as holy. And if they do, they'll say, well, she's holier than thou. And it doesn't work so well in the world. But let me tell you what holy means. Holy means in relationship to Jesus. It doesn't mean you are perfect. Perfect. It doesn't mean you are sinless. It doesn't mean you're even on the right path. But it does mean you're on a path that Jesus is on. And when we begin to see him, things begin to get holy. Things we can't always understand. Things we can't always explain. And he called us to live a life in relationship with Jesus. He called us. Now some people understand Jesus, be careful Laura, differently than I do. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life telling them why they ought to experience Jesus like me. No, I'm not. I'm going to listen to these words that say God saved us and he called us. To live a holy life. It didn't say all in the same way. Can I just get a little teeny tiny amen to that? I asked for a little teeny tiny and I got it. I'll ask for bigger next time. For God saved us. And he called us to live. Not think about, not read about, not philosophize about, but to live. A holy life. And what did I tell you that meant? That meant in relationship with Jesus. When you understand him and when you don't. When you love him and when you don't. Because you see, it's not dependent on what you know or what you feel. It's dependent on this. So stay with me. He did this. <laughs> Called us and saved us. It's not a trick. He did this not because we deserved it. So nobody was standing in a special place, a special time. And then all of a sudden you got to a place where you deserved it and you earned it. No, no, no. He did this not because we deserved it. But listen very carefully. It's all in verse 9. He did this 
because it was his plan. <laughs> Y'all want to know what God's plan is? God's plan is to save you. Whether you Methodist or Episcopal or Presbyterian or a seeker or non-believer, God did this. And he did it because it was his plan. But you ever wonder about God's plan? Let me tell you something about God that maybe you haven't thought about before. That God did this, the scripture says, even before, before the beginning of time, before the dolphin swam through the sea, before the sun rose, before the moon brightened the skies, before the eagle landed on a mountain, before Adam said, Hey, Eve. Before Eve said, hey, Adam. Before the beginning of time. Ooh, now, if you really want to get a spiritual headache, you stay with that thought for a while. God's plan to save you, to save me, to have us live a holy life. God had this plan even before day one. Before day two, before day three, before day four, before day five, before day six, before day seven. He had this plan before the beginning of time. So don't underestimate the plan of God and all that went on in the creative spirit of the mind of God who had a plan to save us, call us, live in relationship with him not because we deserved it but because it was his plan and you go well, what flesh out for me a little bit more make it a little more tangible preacher what does that plan look like oh in verse 9 we aren't done yet we're just getting started that was his plan before the beginning of time to show us. I need everybody to say that. Please say it one more time. And one more time. And I'll give y'all a big amen for that because you got it right. To show us His grace. Y'all know what grace is? That is God's unbridled, undefined, unending, unconditional love for you. So God had this Plan to show us his grace. And you say, well, make it a little more tangible for me, preacher. And I can do that because it's still in verse 9. To show us his grace through, through, through Christ Jesus. So, tonight. Monday night and Tuesday night, the theme is, it's about Jesus, dot, 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 anything else? <laughs> I ain't got nothing else. Before the beginning of time, God had a plan, and it was to save us and to call us and to show us what God's love and grace looked like through Jesus Christ. And Psalm 89, verse 17 says, It pleases the Lord to make us strong. I don't know about you, but I know what strong looks like. 
it looks like me. When I clean my stalls and I have six horses that live in a clean space and I have a pound wheelbarrow so I can turn it over. That horse strong looks like. And it's hard to do it. I have to discipline myself to do it. I have to use my strength from my core to do it. But you know what? Three I got to do it again. God laughing. He says, it pleases me to make you strong. And all that the world would try to dump, y'all get my language, dump on you, you take it out of your life and get rid of it and start new again. And then when you think you've got it all done, I'm going to make you strong again. And let me tell you something. Some of the situations in your life that have hurt you the most, that you thought you would never recover from, that you would never get over, that you would never get around, that you would never get through have made you strong. It pleases God to make us strong. You know what all on the way up here? I couldn't believe it. I almost pulled over and took a picture of it, but I wanted to get here for Sunday school, so I was rushing and driving a little too fast. So I didn't stop and take a picture of this billboard that was on 95. You check me on it if y'all drive up and down 95. It was a, a black billboard. And it had some red marks on it that looked like a heartbeat. You with me? That's what it looked like. And his words said, I could not believe what I was reading. It said, after you die. You're going to meet God. That's all I'm saying. What about when you live? What about when you're born? What about when you're baptized? What do you mean after I die I'm going to meet God? Trying to scare somebody. Didn't scare me. Because here's what I know. When you took your first breath and maybe in between, God met you. And long before time, he had a plan. And his plan was to save you. And his plan was to call you. And in his calling, he wanted to show you what grace looked like. And so he did it through a man named Jesus. So I hope in our time together for the rest of this week, I'm going to show you what Jesus' love looks like. But can I just tell you one story? If you say no, I'm going to tell you two. So let me just tell you one story. I've been the pastor.
pastor at All God's Children United Methodist Church going on for 23 years. See, I was a founding pastor, so they never did know that the SPRC could ask me to leave. Please don't tell them. So I've been there a long time. But in order to stretch All God's Children United Methodist Church into who they have become and who they will be in the future, we came up with a creative way to assist them, and that means that I assist two other churches right It's a lovely thing. I do love it so much. But on my first visit to one of these churches, do you know what they were the most proud of? Their security system. I know you got one. I saw it. But it ain't like the one that's in a church that I'm serving. That security system could be in the Pentagon and nobody break in. And so while I was going through the church and seeing this security system and seeing these big two-by-fours that went across every door and these little plastic things that you can put up against the door with a suction cup and it hooks to the floor, and I mean, you have no idea. Where the sound system lets you see every corner of the church from the outside, and then there's a little box under there, and you can see every room while you're in the sanctuary. And at 11.02, them doors are locked. They're telling me all this. They're so excited about it. My superintendent's over there going, don't say anything, Rob. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. You can see me. See my heart just busting out on my chest. Don't say anything. And I did. Because it pleases God to make me strong enough to bite my tongue. And the other thing I've learned in 23 years is not about me. <laughs> God will call me to live a holy life, and that means I never judge or demean anybody, but I seek to embrace and love. Hmm. You're kidding God, right? God said, no, I'm not kidding. It pleases me to make you stronger, Laura Earl. So in the middle of a sermon about three weeks ago, I said to the people after we'd had what I call a day of discovery, what do you really want? They said the same thing the church says. They want children and they want to grow. And I said about the children, I said, are you sure? Because they blow bubbles in church. You all know that. <laughs> you sure you want children? They make a mess. We want to grow. And I said, really? Because for the last 20 years, You've been a family church and everybody in here is related. You sure you want some people that don't really give a rip of what you think or what you're tra Are you sure? I said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to start praying for God to send people that nobody else wants right in here. If you got a problem with that, you call the superintendent today and say, get her out of here. So then I said, you know, I noticed that you all like Bible study. I'm trying to get in a rhythm with this congregation. I said, how many people come? They said, about three or four. I said, excuse me? Excuse me? Three or four? I said, let me tell y'all something. If you ain't at Bible study on Wednesday night, I'm going to call you. And I'm going to ask you where they were giving away Walmart cards because I want to be there too. 
you'd be there. First night of Bible study, we had to bring in chairs. They were everywhere. I called a few people that weren't there. <laughs> Just asked them where they were. Would have given out Walmart gift cards somewhere and I missed out on it. The third night of Bible study and, and we're opening the word. Nobody's being judged. It's not a safe space. It's a courageous space. We're opening the word. It's something they're not used to and they're starting to pour out. And then the third night, y'all going to think I'm making this up. I'm not. Whoever the last person in, which was their rule, did not lock the door. Whoops. About halfway through the Bible study, the biggest man I've ever seen in all my life just walked right in through the door. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. He is a black man, which made it even scarier to them folks. He was the biggest man I'd seen in a long time. If I stood behind him, you wouldn't have been able to see me. And he just came in, he just stood there. And I've never seen anything. I've heard people say the Presbyterian or the Frozen Chosen. But that night, the people that I was with was the Frozen Chosen. And I've never seen people freeze in my life. So I got up. What are you supposed to do? I got up and walked over to him. I said, hi, sir, what's your name? He told me his name. And he said, man, I am really, really embarrassed to come in here. And I'm really sorry to interrupt you. He said, but I really need to go to the restroom. My frozen chosen still sitting there. So I looked at one of the men and I said, Raymond, that's his real name. I said, Raymond, take our friend to the restroom, wait for him if you wouldn't, and bring him back. Will you do that? And he's like, I said. So he went and they came back and a great big man standing there said, thank you so much. He said, my wife said, I better not come in here. But thank you so much. He said, do y'all have a pamphlet about this ministry? I said, I don't. But what I do have just came today. I got a brand new Bible because I bought all my congregation, New Living Translation, so they could keep up with me. I said, I got a brand new Bible. I'd love for you to have it. Would you receive it? Oh, yes. Touch that thing like it was holy called us to live a holy life. And then he went out, and I didn't get up behind him and lock the door. I just let that settle in on for a minute. He said he had to go. His wife was waiting in the car, and I'll bet you anything, sure as I'm standing here. His wife said, don't you go in there. Don't you go in there. Don't you do it. But there was nowhere for this man to stop if he really was getting in trouble between where we were and where the next town was. It was there's nowhere. But I bet he said something else when he got back in the car. You ain't going to believe this. Not only were they nice to me, but they gave me a brand new Bible. And, yeah. And so after a few minutes and the Bible study resumed, I could see their eyes kind of darting around. And the lady sitting beside me said, you know, I almost went under the table. She won't kidding. Because they've been made to be afraid. The media makes us afraid. And sometimes, listen to what I'm going to say to you, church. Rightly so. Rightly so. There are six Vietnam vets in that have seen the horrors of hatred 
evil and ugliness. And when local churches were being broken into and people in Bible studies were being shot up, the sheriff's department brought all the churches together and said, let me tell you how to be safe. Now, they took it a little over the top in my opinion. They made some money off of it, excuse me for saying that. But they were genuinely frightened. So I looked, and our eyes were darting around. I said, hold on. Miss Hazel, let me get up and lock the door. So I got up, and I locked the door. And then we resumed our study. What was the text for that evening? Hmm. Could it have been 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9? God has called us. He has saved us. He did it before the beginning of time. That was his plan so that we could know his love through Christ Jesus. So the next Sunday, the pillar of the church stood up and said, I know y'all are not going to want to hear this, but I understand somebody forgot to lock the door at Bible study last week. So he won't there. I called him and asked him. He was at Walmart where they were giving away gift cards. <laughs> he said, we've spent a lot of money on this security system. If you don't use it, it ain't worth nothing. And my husband was looking at me like, don't do it, Laura. Don't do it. And you know what, church? I didn't, because it pleases God to make me strong, not right, and to embrace everybody until they have felt the embrace of Jesus. God never calls us to be foolish or cavalier about the safety of our people. Hmm. So in that pastoral prayer that morning, I said, God, thank you, and I meant it, for letting me serve a congregation that cares so deeply about the well-being and the safety of their brothers and sisters. Thank you for that. But continue, continue, I pray, <laughs> to make us strong. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, all God's people said together, Amen.